The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Like the legend of the phoenix, all ends with beginnings. What keeps the planet spinning? Ah, uh, the force from the beginning. Hey everybody, welcome to Reporting is Eligible. I'm Paul Noonan, right for Acme Packing Company and the Shepherd Express, and do the baseball podcast where I had to explain constitutional law. And uh, uh, well, it is uh, it, it is the bye week. Uh, the Packers' regular season is over. They had their their little skirmish against the Lions that they did not win, but who cares? Uh, and now they get to rest and watch the rest of the NFL beat themselves up while they sit at home twiddling their thumbs. So. Um, all is right with the world, and nobody got hurt, and we got uh, lots of stuff to talk about in terms of the game and, and the preview of who we want and who we don't and uh, all kinds of other fun stuff. So, um, to help me with that, joining me as always in urban Wauwatosa. Hey, it's J.R. Radcliffe, training sports reporter for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Have we discussed, Paul, exactly what we're going to do next week? We don't have a theme in mind. We haven't we haven't had this conversation about how how we're going to handle this uh, this extra time off. We got to have an extra episode, right? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, we'll know who they're going to play by then. So we'll have a little something to talk about, but that doesn't take up that much time. There won't be a game to talk about, you know, you know. So, yeah, we should probably come up with something, I suppose. Um, we, yeah, we're going to need something. We're going to need our, our, our listeners maybe to chip in or something with some ideas. We did the Bears thing earlier this this year. We could certainly do something similar to that. But I don't know, man. It's uh, how do we how do we get revved up for uh, do we rank like the greatest Packers playoff games or something? Eh, yeah, that, eh. That's good. That's good for maybe maybe the print thing that I do. But I don't know about a podcast for it. Maybe uh, I feel like there a lot of the really good stuff is kind of old at this point they, they need to make a few more good memories yeah. like uh, even like the good ones like the jail the janice double hail mary arizona game like they lost that game <laughs> um yeah the, and there's a lot of bad losses even with the good plays so yeah i don't know um we'll think of something It'll yeah i was fun. surprised i looked at i looked at the, the playoff games in aaron the aaron Rodgers era i think that's actually going to post on wednesday and I, I don't know, eleven and nine just didn't strike me as what I thought. I guess I thought it'd be just a, maybe a tinge better than that. Yeah. Uh, but uh, that's that's how it goes, and some of those losses obviously are crushing losses. Yeah, you know, but just think, 
part of this is the Packers have played so long that almost everybody is their enemy to some extent, and they have. But I was thinking, like, I was going to recommend in terms of the my preferred teams, the Cardinals, who have been kind of cratering as the season ends. But the Packers don't play well with the Cardinals in the playoffs. That has not gone well for them for the most part. And you know, it's not this Cardinals team. It's like Kurt Warner and some other stuff. But um, I don't like losing to the Cardinals. Kind of sucks, even though I don't really care about the Cardinals. So I don't know. We'll get to that. That's yeah, later. I don't. I, I'm not. I wouldn't be worried about the history there. History yeah. doesn't really tell us much about what's going on in this in this year's team. Also, it should be pointed out the Packers have had a lot of first round buys, therefore have not gotten the quote unquote easier opponents in the first round as often. So that's also part of that eleven and nine ledger for the record. Very true. A lot of selection bias into that. Uh, the buy can hurt your record by by that virtue. I mean, uh, the Bucks are probably going to beat this. The tar out of the Eagles this week and get themselves a Tom Brady win, and the Packers don't get to play the Eagles. I don't know, man. Were, uh, <laughs> maybe not. Maybe not. It, it, it's uh, it's closer than it would have been six or you know six weeks ago, but still, um, it it I, I still think the Eagles are kind of the most fraudulent team here. So we'll see. Never know. Nobody's all terrible. Right. Um, all right. So before we get to playoffs, should we should we go over the the Lions a little bit? Um, well, we should point out that Matt, 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 whom you could call Matub, is yeah. not here for real. He's not going to pop in here halfway through. Well, he might, he might, he might pop in halfway through, but yeah. he's not here as we speak these words. I think he probably will pop in. Well, we'll see. It, it, so we should put. Let's bet on it. Do you think Matt? Do you think Matt shows up or not? Oh uh, no, I don't think he. Okay, shows up. I think he does. I have, I have faith in Matt. I'm gonna. We have no stakes right. on this, so it doesn't matter. One of us but, wins uh, this. Yes, it's all for pride. Yeah, right. Just like the Packers Lions game. Exactly Look at that. That's a like segue. the Packers Lions game. Um, <clears throat> good se- good segue. I had nothing for it. Okay, so most important thing. Yeah. <laughs> no, most important thing about that game. Nobody got hurt. Um, they I feel like played with fire a little bit longer than they should have. Um, trying to get the Devante record. Uh, I thought that they would get that done just right quick and get everybody out and. That'd be that'd be all that happened there. But Aaron actually took a few shots in the first half that I think were unwarranted, and I think really wanted to be the person who delivered the the Devonte record ball, which happened. But uh, it it was hard. <laughs> the Lions were smart in this game. I, I give them a lot of credit uh, for being really smart in a stupid game because they clearly knew that they were going to force it to Devonte and just triple covered him. <laughs> and uh, you know they, they they broke out all the trick play. Like I love the Lions game plan here. I would have loved to have been there for like pregame and warmups and stuff on their side of the fence. Like all right, we're going to triple team Devonte. We're going to run eight triple reverses. We're going to do fake punt on the first no matter what, and we're going to win. And yeah, good plan. It worked really well. <laughs> Kudos to him for it. It was the perfect storm of a, a coach who knew he was going to be here next year. So he didn't have to, you know, get any last resume building opportunity to save his job. They knew that they, that a loss probably didn't even hurt them because they could, they could have gotten, could have had the first overall pick in the NBA draft or NBA <laughs> <laughs> NFL, NFL draft. I'm not sure what the NBA draft will get you, but the NFL draft and, uh, and, and they ended up losing that opportunity, but still like they, they just could not have had le- less to lose. And uh, and yeah, they emptied the playbook. So so good on them. Um, I, I agree with you that I, I mean I'm not gonna like chastise them for keeping Devonte out there longer. I mean I I love I love records. I love that people want to chase them. I think they're cool when people do get them. I would say that this is not a record that people will particularly talk about. Uh, I I think 
it, it was nice that one Sterling Sharp was atop, and that sort of gave us a reference point. But but this is Devontae breaking his own record from a couple years ago with an extra game. So like that, this isn't like we're going to remember this forever. I, in fact, I would wager that people forget about it before this year is over that it actually happens. So yeah, that might have been that might have been a little weird. But yeah, I mean, it's all. I'm sure it just comes down to what Aaron Rodgers wanted, how much he wanted to play, how much he wanted to just like get out there and and feel good. It seemed like he was having a good time. He was smiling at halftime when they were when they were down at halftime. So you could tell he was relaxed out there. Um, They did. They they didn't come away completely scot free injury wise because Marquez Valdez Scantling left the game with an injury. That is true. So that could play could be a factor. I know. I know he's not like he's not Kenny Clark level concern, but still he's. uh, He's, he is a he could be a factor. He's definitely a factor, and maybe it's, for it's better worth, or worse. It's worth noting that it's just that he has been kind of ineffective and seemingly hurt for a while. So um, I almost view that as more of an aggravation. But you're right; like he he definitely impacts the game going forward. If if they don't have their deep threat, it closes the playbook a little bit. And as rough of a season as he's had, it's nice to have all your horses. I mean, nobody wants a situation where we end yeah. up with Amari Rogers running routes in a game and. Uh, they're not close to that, but every injury to a receiver brings them a little closer. So uh, it's a, it's not nothing. And David Bakhtiari got out there. So it, does, it yeah. is a net gain, if nothing else, getting Bakhtiari some reps before the playoffs. And he looks, man, he, look, they, he looked they're great. definitely going to have him in the playoffs, yeah. right? Uh, I think our, our much talked about theory that they just keep guys out until they're 100%, 100%, it really it seems to be the case because um, – uh, I think we all kind of worried, well, is he going to be the same David Bakhtiari? Is he going to move as smoothly as he did before? Is he going to be as fast and strong? He looked he looked great in all facets of the game. He was bowling people over. Nobody was getting close to Aaron on his side. Um, he looked absolutely fantastic, like he'd never gotten hurt in the first place. So um, that was good to see, a good tune-up. You know, The Lions are as good a tune-up as you're going to get in the regular season for getting guys in shape, and it's good that he got some reps. Um, and Josh Myers, too, um, on the, by the same token. Um, I, I didn't... I'll be, be honest, I didn't watch center play at all, but he seemed to hold up fine and not get beaten. So that's all you want from your center is to not have him mentioned on the broadcast in a prominent way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll be fascinated to know what they do. Do they go with Patrick, who is, you know, the lesser talent, but a guy who's been there the whole time? And uh, I, I don't know, maybe 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 how Bakhtiari, you know, the comfort Bakhtiari has with the other guys at the line might be might be a, a factor there, but. Um, it would be it would be nice to have a, a lot more strength on that line. If the Packers win the Super Bowl this year, Yash Nyman deserves like a little like he deserves a, a tiny little his his own place in the in the story <laughs> of the 2021 Packers, because I can't believe that guy was in there as much as he was this year. And they didn't I won't say yep. they didn't miss a beat because he he wasn't David Bakhtiari, but like the, the, the way they held it together, credit him, credit Adam Stenovich, Mercedes Lewis. I mean, there's a lot of heroes there. But I, I cannot believe they didn't have David Bakhtiari for the almost the entire regular season and went thirteen and four. Like yep. that's 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 not something you could have predicted. So it's, uh, it's so insane. incredible stuff. Um, it, it is testament both to Aaron Rodgers for how much he does help his offensive lineman out by his movement, and yeah, Yosh Nyman was fantastic in picking up the pieces there and getting better every week. Um, and. It is a little unfair because with Bakhtiari back, he, he can't really bounce inside and play guard or anything like that. He is a tackle through and through. He's not going to see that much time. Um, so um, there are some other bigger, worser guys who probably would see you know a little bit more time based on that kind of effort. And he's just not one of them. But I think he's earned himself a place in somebody's future, if not the Packers. And you know they'll have him as a security blanket if anything happens to anybody else going forward. So that's good, too. He definitely deserves a ton of credits. Um, he was absolutely great in backing up. And also, 
like what a backup lineman should be. I feel like in the past when the Packers have had line injuries, it's been like like almost a sitcom. Like you got Don Barclay who just comes in and just completely shits the bed. Like it's it's not like there's a <laughs> you're supposed to have competent backups. That like your backups are are supposed to come in and not get the crap kicked out of them and be okay. So I'm glad to have that. Um, and not just sort of the normal Packer backups of how are you in the NFL playing this position? <laughs> yeah, I mean, Barclay comes to mind, obviously, because he was the guy who was versatile and could play all those different positions. And, kind of. and the question being, could he play <laughs> any of them? Could he, could he play any of them well? You know, like, I, I think, I don't know. I'm trying to think of other examples of backup linemen, good or bad, uh, that, that they've had over the years. But Yash Nyman being this, like, athletic freak is kind of the, uh, like you said, kind of the ideal. And, uh, and it looks like... The, the wager we made here at the beginning of the podcast, Paul, you, you're the big winner here. You're the one who said for sure Matt would be here. Matt, 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 Matt I was waiting for, I was, is here. I was waiting for the words to be said, so. You can use my full name if you feel like it, JR. Well, so I, I'm fairly confident I can pronounce it, but I, I am positive, you know, so I didn't, I don't know. Matt Matanich is, yeah, is in the house. That is, that is, that is correct. My name is Matt, but you can call me Matub, Acme Packing Company Meme Weaver, and general Twitter rabble rouser. Do you have something going on with your microphone yeah, that you sound just a little bit you deeper got some, than normal? It's You got like the thing where Bo uh, Burnham does his bassy songs going on versus when he oh does his Oh, no. Get your fucking hands yeah, up. That one. Okay. I will, I will join you gentlemen in a little bit. Oh, <laughs> oh no. Keep it. The bet is live. Isaac Hayes this shit. Let's go. <laughs> oh, okay. I'll be back. Uh, okay. Be back. Kind of, I kind of dig it. <laughs> it's like so having good. It's like having Matt possessed by Barry White on the show. So. If Matt doesn't come back, I win. You win the bet. I win yeah, the bet. Win I the just bet. want to be clear. That was that was this amazing. Does not count. I, I would like the story. That of, was really funny. of the uh, first of all. I, oh, you know he's got a. Th- he, I, Matt can talk. He won't. It'll be boring. Matt got a new voice toy, and I'm pretty sure that's what that was. So he was talking about it. Got it. Got yeah. it. Which I, like get your fucking hands up. <laughs> I kind of want one too. So, um, not that I need to deepen yeah. this, uh, but uh, yeah. Let's see. Uh, all right. Did we praise Patrick Taylor yet? I haven't. No, we did not. Play, we did not praise Patrick Taylor. Mm. Second week in a row. That guy's good, man. He's good. He's just he's good. small, but he's good. They found another good running back uh, who runs with good power, and um, they they actually just seem to be good at this now. Um, and uh, like I, I know I've criticized the AJ Dillon pick a ton, but he's awesome. But this is awesome. kind. This is kind of why, um, because Aaron Jones is a fifth round pick, and Patrick Taylor, I think, is a UDFA that I'm trying to frantically look up right now, and. Uh, you know, you can you can just find good running backs in a lot of different places. Maybe it helps to be the Packers and have their scouting department. But uh, he's he's really good. He ran with power. He um, had a fantastic um, yards after contact number in this game. He gained like thirty five of fifty one yards after contact. So he was pulling off that kind of power running that we like to see. Um, and I think also has a, a place in the future of this team, especially if Aaron Jones um, keeps getting dinged up like he sometimes does. I mean, um, he, as A.J. Dillon's backup, you couldn't ask for much more than what he's brought to the table. So it's uh, really cool to see another running back kind of ascend. I think it's worth still noting with, with the Dillon pick, the second round pick. And and again, as always, when people bring this up, there's always a little bad faith here. It's yeah. not that, you know, running backs, it's not that you want bad running backs. No, it's that no, you no. don't want to waste capital because you can get good ones later. AJ Dillon, as, as good as they seem to have known that he could catch the ball, it just, that wasn't on tape at Boston College. So they, they either had just crazy inside intel where they said this guy could be a difference making running back in the NFL 
especially catching passes, or they just took a guess. Yep. I mean, I and good on them. They knew the scouting, but like, it's just not. A, it's not a move that's. It's not the the move itself is the thing that you have to question. Not actually the fact that oh, they did happen to get a great player. That's so counterintuitive when we're talking about yep. trying to improve your roster, but uh, but they they were able to uh, certainly make it pay off. And even the guy who got drafted after him, Josiah Deguara, with a touchdown, a massive touchdown play in this game. <laughs> also, some good blocks. Um, really laid wood a couple times. So. Um, jo- Josiah Deguara's touchdown was about half of Jordan Love's total yardage, and so <laughs> yeah. he should send him a bouquet or something because his line would be a lot uglier without. Oh no, my mouse is I... freezing up, and Matt's trying to get back in. There we go. Um, oh no, got him! I got him. He's back. Beautiful. Yep. Beautiful. Hopefully he sounds. Matt, high... speak to us. Hopefully he sounds oh, he, high pitched this us time. To wait. Okay. He... <laughs> he's 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 telling us to wait. Let's go, Matt. Oh, now he's no, muted. No, he's muted. This is, oh, this is awesome. Tremendous. Tech trouble on the radio. Great okay. radio. There you are, Matt. Okay, you're back. I don't think I got it figured out. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. You're definitely a deep voice for the rest of this podcast. I'm yep, so excited. I'm, I'm deep voice for the rest of So this what did is, I miss? Oh, appraising what people did, from... What did I miss? <laughs> no, that's not the voice you want to go with when you're... Uh... When you're singing that song, well, this is going to be amazing. Um, we've basically just been praising performances in the Lions game so far. So we just did Patrick oh, Taylor. It's, it's 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 been interesting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> do you have anything to say about Patrick Taylor with your awesome deep voice? No, I want to talk about Alan Lazard. Did you already talk? About no, him? We, we, haven't. Haven't. we haven't. We haven't. So let's talk about Alan Lazard. He got he got two tutties. Yeah. Should have had three if Roger stayed in the game. Um. And everyone is now talking about Alan Lazard as the true wide receiver, too, that the Packers have needed for God knows how long. And we're over here taking a victory lap going, uh, yeah, last year when he was leading the league in DVOA, we are like, Alan Lazard, wide receiver number two that we always wanted. Then he, then he got a hernia. Core muscle surgery, which is not good for you. <laughs> no, and it then, is very bad for yeah, you. But, um, you know, uh, recovery time being what it is. He's had a great second half, and he started uh, – the big change there is he started pull, pulling in contested catches, which, you know, as a giant man, that is a good thing to be able to do. <laughs> and and uh, it's turned his season around. So um, Alan Lazard has been a great compliment to Devontae. You can't just leave him open. He will burn the heck out of you. And he had a, another great game where, you know, they were – we mentioned this earlier. They were triple-teaming Devontae to stop him from setting – not to stop him from setting the record because they knew they were going to try and set the record. So – um, he made him pay, and uh, that's exactly what you want him to do in the playoffs when people try and take away Devontae Adams. So, good to see. I didn't realize there was a newfound d- dis- discourse around Al Lazard suddenly being the number two. I feel like we've talked about him so much as that. I know I we like. I live in the reporting is eligible world where it's like, yeah, Alan Lazard is an <laughs> of course elite Alan Lazard is good. When, when things are clicking, of course he is. By the way, guess where Alan Lazard fit? Yeah. Guess where Alan Lazard managed to qualify for DVOA after kind of trailing the the cutoffs for most of the season. Guess where he finished in DVOA among all wide receivers? Uh, you, Top 10? He's sixth. Third. Ah. Yeah. He finished sixth in DVOA. What? Incredible. Yep. Every year. Every year he's healthy. He's a top 10 receiver by DVOA. He's a third down machine, and he is super valuable to have. Dude, DVOA loves converting third downs. It does. <laughs> that's kind of its thing on receivers. Like, if there's a guy that you think is overrated, that's why he's overrated. That's always been the case. Um, it's it, it. I mean, 
it's actually pretty consistent. Um, got some guys are actually good at it. I remember Bobby Ingram used to be super good at it when he was on the Seahawks. They used to, on, outsiders call him the third down machine, and he did that his whole career and uh, was always uh, a much more valuable player than people thought because of it. So, um, how big is Bobby Ingram? Because intuitively, I would think guys who are bigger for short yardage passes would make sense as third down. I think geniuses, he's a right? tiny guy, but I'm not sure off the top of my head. Yeah, um, I had. Weird. I think he's a slot receiver. Sometimes the slot guys are yeah, good so at it's just kind of getting just past the line, and I think that's what he really did. Sure. Yeah, like Devonta would be would be a good good third down guy, mm-hmm. and also first and first second and, and second. fourth and yeah. fifth down. <laughs> uh, Jordan Love, the evaluation on him is uh, I just, I still feel like we just don't have any data. Like I know that we've got the reps now, but they 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 challenge him to do so little. Like you know, snap and get rid of the ball. They're that's not part of the problem, though is like this is a meaningless game and you're still calling like one read plays for him and get it out in one second plays for him um that is not great like you should be testing him to make reads in this game which they did a few times which he failed um and and if i think they had a little more confidence he could execute the offense properly they'd let him do it (laughs) uh they don't He, he put no good tape up in this game like none even some of his play, like people are saying, he got screwed on like the pass to Tyler Davis, where Tyler Davis just dropped it. But that pass was not great. It was like this lollipop thing. It was weird. It was a weird pass. Like it's not, it's not a. It pass was. That, it was high and it was outside. And it's not a pass just, that you it was would poorly placed. Yeah, it's not when you grade a quarterback highly for throwing. Like it was a weird pass. You like shot put at it, and yeah, Tyler Davis should have caught it. But I mean, so what? It was bad. Um, uh, I'm unchanged here because uh, people. Like everybody says, okay, we don't have that much data. He uh, uh, all the caveats, like he lost uh, some development time to COVID. Totally true, he did. Um, but just because of his status when they drafted him as a project, as a guy who, uh, by by that sort of label, you're sort of admitting not a great college stat guy, which he's not. He was not accurate. He threw a ton of interceptions. He's a pretty good but not great athlete. Um, we should see some development at this point. He should, he should, his mechanics should look better. He should look more natural in the pocket. Um, and he just looks like a robot out there every single time I see him. And this game did nothing to dissuade me from that opinion of him. So I need to see some actual improvement on the field tape wise. Like I can, I can discount it if guys are dropping passes or if, you know, he had some pressure in his face. That's fine to not play well with pressure in your face. It is under ball to Equinemius was because he had pressure in his face. Um, but like he still looked bad. It just not not good to see. Uh, they're gonna have some tough decisions to make in the offseason, I think. I don't know. <laughs> uh, speaking speaking of the offseason, do we are we are we done with the game? Can we talk about how the Vikings and Bears cleaned house, or is there still? Did you want to talk about Amon Ra St. Brown a little more? Yeah, we should mention Amon Ra St. Brown because, um, uh, you know, the Lions have no good players except except for him. So uh, let's give him a little credit. He is Equinemius's brother. He was the 17th receiver taken in the draft, and uh, he's number. Let's give him credit for being Equinemius's brother. Yeah, he was. He is. He finished the season as these, uh, with the second most receptions among rookie wide receivers. Um, he does not have good yards per target numbers, but that's. I mean, he's been playing with Tim Boyle, the Laser Show, and J- Jared Goff in a crap offensive line all year. Catching 90 balls in this situation is amazing, and he he looks good. Like he gets open, he runs routes really well. Um, I wish we had Amon Ross St. Brown. So. Um, good pick Lions and good on him for being better than pretty much every other rookie wide receiver that's not Jamar Chase and Jalen Waddle. So that's impressive. 
Now we can talk about how shitty the rest of the division is. Yeah, yes. let's go. Let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, can we get the Vikings out of the way? Because the Bears, I think, warrant more attention. And uh, the Vikings the are... The Vikings are married to Kirk Cousins. <laughs> kind of, yeah. yeah. They are... JR, do you know what Kirk Cousins' cap hit is next year? Is it 45 mil? Is 45 it mil. Is. Do you know what his cap hit would be if they if they cut him? Uh, I'm going to guess 45 plus another it, 20? It for, no, it would just be 45. Just 45. Oh, okay. Um, if they trade him, do you know what his cap hit is? Uh, it's 45 mil again. It's 45 million. So they are literally forced to either pay Kirk Cousins $45 million or or restructure and become married to him for longer. Incredible. Yep. They, oh, they kind it. of have to extend him, and he should demand an extension because um, he's going to end up – he needs to make himself tradable, and he should get more money while he can. <laughs> so do that, Kirk Cousins. Yeah, you have all the leverage. I don't know. Like He could he could just take the guaranteed $45 million and be like, oh, my ankle. <laughs> fair, fair point. I mean, I guess when you have $45 million, you don't really need any more money. <laughs> That contract is amazing. I still can't believe they did it. I'm sure that the, uh, Spielman's exit interview is probably so. Here's Kirk Cousins' contract. <laughs> we'll we'll see you later. What was it that? What was it that Andrew Brandt Andrew Brandt said that he should like be in the the Pro Business Hall of Fame or some Business Ball Hall of Who, Fame? Who Kirk Cousins? Yeah. He, Yes. He, yeah. He's got his business Hall of Famer guys who did not perform but managed to make serious serious bank anyway. Yep. Joe Flacco. Mm-hmm. He should absolutely, or or even it's some smaller guys too. I would imagine Matt Flynn would be a candidate Matt Flynn. Absolutely, well, Matt Flynn is a uh, uh, first ballot um, inner circle guy. There, uh, just fantastic job. Yeah. I still, I still think Matt Flynn without tendonitis deserves that contract. Maybe, maybe, but Matt Flynn had tendonitis I mean, be, because so. his arm went to yeah his yeah. his arm went to hell and and quarterbacks don't get Tommy John surgery. Nope. The only thing I'll say about Mike Zimmer is I've seen a lot of Viking sniping in the b- background now that he's gone. I don't <laughs> bad. I, I think we can say Mike Zimmer, good good defensive coordinator, bad clubhouse guy, and uh, there were other bad clubhouse guys on the Vikings like Kirk Cousins, but uh, nobody seems to be um, coming to Zimmer's defense um, on the Vikings there. So uh, it might maybe it was Mike's time to move on, and I'm sure he'll do fine coordinating a defense somewhere. Next I love. Year by nature of what I do for a living, I love can't coaches with candor. You know, we don't get a lot of them who yeah. want to share anything. Matt LaFleur love the guy, but he doesn't want to tell you a damn thing, but there is also a very small window where you can have candor before you cross into what, what the coach just say, like a guy, the, the line about Kellen Mond, now granted Mike Zimmer knew, knew what was coming. <laughs> the ax was going to fall. But like when he was like, do you want to see Kellen Mond more? Nope. Cause I see him in practice. Like the, the shade highly unnecessary like Kellen yeah. Mond like he might be the worst quarterback ever but you don't need to be he doesn't need to be catching strays he's a third string well, quarterback I'm, just, I'm, I'm a big fan of like well we didn't want to play Kellen Mond because we didn't want to ruin his confidence <laughs> and then 10 minutes later coach comes out and goes that guy sucks <laughs> yeah I mean that's, oh, that's not so what a coach does in a well-oiled clubhouse yeah. like that's that's uh that's that's tough also so. what pick was pick was Kellen Mond third rounder he was oh, I thought he was second round. No, he's a third rounder. Still. I just looked it up. He was the same round as Sean Mannion, um, ironically. Who's also a third rounder just five years ago. Actually, that's 
Having seen Sean Mannion, I would say that's not ironic. That makes it sound like third-round quarterbacks are just what they are. Well, uh, yeah, they, I mean, almost all third-round quarterbacks are terrible. You get, well, you don't get Russell Wilson's once in a while. You get you get him once. But uh, yeah. wasn't Dak a wasn't Dak a third or was he a fourth? Uh, Dak was a first-round talent who well, got yeah. a DUI like ten minutes before the draft. Right, but he was so fourth. Dak, right? Dak was a top ten. Yeah, he, okay. but he was a top ten pick before he got a DUI. So. Man, I, how I did always, that not work? It didn't work for him, but it worked for Laramie Tunsil, where it just was like, "That's fine, we're still going to take cares, him." Like, how did that, well, how did that happen? <laughs> they didn't. They didn't have time to marinate on Tunsil's video. <laughs> That's probably true. <laughs> uh, uh, all right, so, so we got to we got to talk, bear, talk about the Bears. We're talking about the Bears for kind of a, kind of a while here because uh, are we talk about that skinny dude who wants to talk about his mom all the time, George McCaskey? Yeah, George. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, first of all. If if anybody listening hasn't seen the George McCaskey press conference, you got to go watch it right now. It is incredible theater. Uh, it is it's performance art. It's performance okay, art. Well, hang on, I got I got to do a warning. If if you could not stomach the dinner party episode of The Office, <laughs> do not watch this this press conference. It's the most cringe thing you'll see. So, it's it, incredible. And we should mention this just just to provide some context because I'm not sure um I I've lived in Chicago for quite a while off and on and uh not everybody knows the Bears inside and out maybe enough to get what's going on here but um the Bears are kind of rare in that they're not like part of a bigger business. They're just owned by the Hallis family still to this day. Um and they're owned by the McCaskies who Virginia McCaskey is George Hallis's is it daughter or granddaughter? What she's like a daughter. billion years old. I thought so, it was granddaughter. Um, she, it, she's so old that it's hard to remember. I should Google it. It does. Here's the thing. Um, she runs the team. An old lady. This is like a mystery movie setup. Like an old lady runs the Bears. That is how they work. And her fail son is in charge of the Bears. George McCaskey is Virginia, <laughs> and, and so like this is not like a normal. Yeah, mature... she is. By the way, okay. Jair, read the she, facts. She is George Hallis' daughter. Okay, daughter. Yeah, daughter. Sorry. I was so like, she's 99 The, the Bears old. are owned by George freaking Hallis' daughter. Like, that's... Uh, think think about how weird that is in modern day football. So you know, there's not like an oil company giving. It's like how money. John Tyler yeah. still has grandkids out there somewhere. Yes, right. Like this is this is like they are one generation removed from the Civil War. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh, incredible correct and and so like this isn't normal um this isn't a normal thing where you have like some billionaire with a real estate business able to kick in capital whenever um it's not some you know smart ivy league guy hedge fund guy who's gonna you know remake how things are done it's an old lady who's been in football forever whose dad was george hollis whose kid runs the team and um and is not talented or good in front of the camera or understands football very well and george mccaskey's um entire press conference was basically um referencing his mommy and i'm not like not not kidding about this like what what, what did virginia think of the team is like well she said she was disappointed like don't no, he said in, in the only way that a mother, a mother can, can say yeah and when asked about his yeah. role, said, well, the owner of the team still wants me in this role. Like, your mom still wants you in the role. Um, it, it it was completely laughable. He The whole press conference was just a disaster in like 10 different ways. Um, it, it, 
there's a good like five sentence summary if you, uh, if you go to Twitter and follow, find Jason Golf who used to be a producer on the score in Chicago he summed up, summed it up in five points pretty well um, just how stupid it was and uh, that franchise is a disaster um, you know we've made fun of of Nagy and Pace quite a bit but the Bears problem fundamentally is their ownership doesn't know how to run a football team anymore they know how to run a football team yeah. in 1947 but they don't know how to run a football team anymore um so they're gonna well, screw so this up what, again. what happens what happens if they fall ass first into success like like they have justin fields who potentially could be good what if they accidentally pick up a good coach or at least a coach who would know how to use him. Like, like I'm not going to sit here and say that Jim Harbaugh is a good coach, but Jim Harbaugh would know how to get the most out of Justin Fields. Maybe, um, but maybe. <laughs> uh, so yeah, sometimes you luck into uh, a, a unicorn when you're a, a dumb team, but usually bad processes end in bad results. And uh, it would be one thing if they were looking for one new person, but they're not. They're looking for a GM and a coach. And they will have some oversight over both of those things. And I think the GM is probably the more important thing here because football's changed in how it operates. Like you need somebody who is an expert in the salary. I think the Bears, what they would like to do is have an old school military guy and style guy walk in and yell at everybody and tell them to execute better and, uh, you know, get everybody in line. So that, But that's not how things work anymore. This is about math and managing your salary cap and understanding the new trends in football and uh, where little marginal things can be, you know, scraped off. Like they, they run they run like standard oil and you need to be running, you know, a tech company at this point. And it's not going to work. So, They'll screw up so one of the two. They're going to go out and hire, I was going to say, do you think they're going to go out and hire Brian Kelly? Or Ditka. It's the kind of thing. (laughs) Brian Kelly is the kind of thing they would do. Um, For a long time, the Bears overdrafted people from local areas. Like they overdrafted Northern Illinois and Notre Dame players for a very long time because the McCaskies saw him play. (laughs) That's a thing that happened until like five years ago. And um, Brian Kelly is certainly from, it it is literally the kind of thing the Bears would do. I don't think they will do it um, because that ship has kind of already sailed. If he was more available, maybe they would though. (laughs) Um, Well, the only reason I bring it up is because of Brian Kelly's comments that went viral back in September where he said like, like I believe in execution and the whole team should be executed. Yeah, he stole that line from the first Buccaneers coach. So... (laughs) Don't give him too much credit. Is that was it? Oh, you know who they should hire? Speaking of Buccaneers, they should go get Greg Schiano. <laughs> Jeez, why? <laughs> because because Greg Schiano knows how to run a team because he only gets Schiano men. <laughs> so the most appalling part of the McCaskey press conference is when he invokes the name uh, weirdly invokes Jeff Dickerson, who is an ESPN reporter yep. who recently passed away from colon cancer. His uh, there was a GoFundMe for his 11-year-old son. His his mother, Jeff Dickerson's wife, also passed away previously from cancer. So uh, it's been something a lot of people have talked about. There's obviously a lot of mourning in the media community, but in the Bears community in general. And, and McCaskey casually mentions it as a sort of lead-in to prove a point or, or make the point that Adam Nagy's kids were getting picked on in school because they're you know, the dad wasn't a very popular coach. So it was almost like, think about children like Jeff Dickerson's child when you're thinking about Adam Nagy's children, which I mean, obviously you don't want kids being picked on in school or whatever. Like I'm sure that happens at every market and it sucks. I'm sure that I'm sure that sucks, but it was just a very, I, I don't tone deaf is, is almost like too weak because it, yeah. it just like, 
it, it was so unnecessary, such a bizarre, like a reverse non sequitur. It was going a on Michael. And, and, it was a Michael Scott. It was a, a yeah. It, our coach's kids are getting picked on, but think of what about these dead kids? From you know, in front of all the people who who know Jeff Dickerson and worked with Jeff, it, just super awkward. Exactly, like just uh, a room silencing kind of kind of thing to say. Um, <laughs> super bad, super awkward, very yeah. cringe. It definitely left me not worried about the Bears. Yeah, same. in the near future, they're screwed. They're so well, screwed. The the um the guy that they have helping with their GM search is the dude who said that Lamar should be a wide receiver. The the Bills guy, Bill Polian. Yeah, it, who Bill another. Yeah, Bill. So Polian. this is why they're going to screw this up. Like Bill, Bill Polian was once a a good and respected front office person. He has a book that he wrote about building a front office that he likes to sell copies of, and he, so he consults on these things somewhat regularly. But you don't need Bill Polian consulting on your searches for anything anymore. He is he, The game has definitely passed him by. Um, it, it, and it's it, it was a joke amongst people who know, and it was not a joke among Hub Arkish, who is, oh man, Hub needs to stop talking on Twitter um uh, <laughs> r- rough couple weeks for hub um <laughs> who, who immediately defended bill polian but yeah it's fine bill polian again 30 years ago a fine person to have on your search committee or higher um now not so much yeah rough well, t- do just you, do you remember what a one disaster of the, well do you remember one of the things that hub said was like a defensible position about bill polian so that he's a six-time Ugh. uh six-time nfl executive of the year yes and i'm over here like ryan pace won executive of the year 2018 they, they should did. hire that guy they should he's out there uh matt nagy 2018 coach of the year yep it does not matter at tough. all yeah it's tough <sighs> yeah so, hub, anyway hub published an article about how good bill polian is and the picture they use of bill polian he looks like a like a wax doll that was left out <laughs> in the sun <laughs> great they're a bad so franchise. If Jordan Love is, suck. So, yes. We should trade. If Jordan Love is the quarterback of the Packers next yep. year. Will they still win the NFC North? Yes. Uh, yeah, I think they will. And I'm very like I am very out on Jordan Love, but they're going to be well run and more talented than any other team in the division. Even without the quarterback, it will be a bad division, but they'll win it. Yeah. Well, I think I think it, it depends on when we find out or when the team finds out that Jordan Love is the go-to. Um, like if if Aaron Rodgers does the will he won't he thing, then then they're probably going to prepare for Rodgers. And then if they suddenly get Jordan Love, it's going to be awful. But I think a full off season with preparing for his skill set, I'll say skill set. I'll, I'll sure, skill set. A full off season of preparing for <laughs> full off season of preparing for Jordan Love's skill set is probably good enough to win the North. I guess I wonder if any pot- potential Aaron Rodgers trade involves still a quarterback coming back the other way to bridge yeah. one more year's worth of gap. Possibly so. I also just wonder. Let's say that the cap gets them; they lose Aaron and Devonte, and you know they're just not, they're going to lose some depth even without those guys. Um, but who would, who else would win it? Like I, I guess the the cousin Vikings maybe are okay, um, and they're. In, they might not screw up their search. Like they're not completely incompetent as a franchise, so they're probably the only one to one to fear. But it's not going to be the Lions, and it's certainly not going to be the Bears. So, um, that's the the only one to keep an eye on is the Vikings, and they're probably final Kirk year. But that's it. If they have Kellen Mond, well, then they suck just as bad as everybody else. <laughs> the Lions have so many holes just 
yeah. everywhere, like even outside of quarterback, that I honestly think that they should trade down for a King's Ransom and attempt to rebuild their entire ass roster. I like their tryhardness, but yeah, they're, they're just a disaster. Find a team like the Bears willing to trade up for number two, looking for that Mitchell Trubisky magic. Oh, man. That would be a good deal. Yes, indeed. So uh, before we get to questions, we got to talk about this last game of the season, the yeah. Sunday night game, because uh, people who listen to this know we love more points 99. And yes. this was 100 percent the same vibe. It was as that, nope. even though it was only one game. <laughs> no points. Twenty two. It was <laughs> no so points, 22. good. Uh, it, so, oh, I, man, it. It should honestly probably go down as one of the best games of all time. Um, it was phenomenal as a finishing game. It, it just be, setting the table just of the the tie thing, having the tie thing come up in the first place. Like, well, if they tie, then they both go to the playoffs. And people saying, well, they should do it. And uh, I mean, everybody, I think, understanding they can't actually tie on purpose because the league would just crush them if they did that. That would be colluding. But having it out there like all day, like, oh, they should tie, they should tie, they should tie. And then having it actually get so close, because ties never happen. Uh, there was one tie this year, right? Pittsburgh and Detroit, that's it. Um, there's like half a tie a year. Um, it's it's something you mention as a footnote in your tiebreaker column. Like, oh, and if there's a tie, this happens. Uh, and then to get down uh, to, to the last two seconds with it tied and everything that went into it, like the, the Chargers rally should never have happened it was so bizarre um all those fourth downs have you I, I meant to look this up i did not get to but i don't think there's ever been another 19 play drive to take two minutes or less i don't think it's ever happened before but the chargers had a 19 play two minute drive like, which is yeah, it, it just insane. Be the most efficient drive of all time <laughs> Uh, just crazy. So just in case people are listening, in case people are listening to this after the world has ended and they yeah. don't have any of the reference points, this is a game against the between the Chargers and the Raiders. We know because of previous outcomes during the day that if the Steelers win, the Steelers are in the playoffs as long as one of these teams lose uh, because <laughs> the, the winner, winner, winner is in Raiders, Chargers, the winner goes to the playoffs. The loser is out and the Steelers take that last spot. But if they tie, they're both in and the Steelers are out. So, of course, like you were referring to everybody, everybody on Twitter myself included absolutely rooting for a scenario where the two teams look at each other and say eh, let's just take some knees we're both in let's uh let's tie and and then on top of it you get a ridiculous fourth quarter comeback by the chargers that forces overtime they both kick a field goal on their first series and then the raiders end up with the ball last and daniel carlson does in fact win it as time expires in overtime there have been 14 ties in the last 30 years of the nfl uh like you said half a tie a year it's fair to note that since 2017, when the overtime rules went down to 10 minutes, uh, you see somewhat more frequently there, there there's been one a year since then twice in 2018, but there had already been one in 2020 and the idea or 2021. And the idea that you need one for the, that to create this ridiculous scenario with, with like dudes in the stands wearing Pittsburgh jerseys, just living and dying, just praying for resolution. Amazing. Amazing. That also, there were people also in Los fantastic. Angeles cheering for that. Just love that. So it was, it was wild, or Las Vegas, you, Las Vegas. How how did the Raiders end up with the ball at the very end? Do you remember? Uh, well, the two teams kicked field goals, and then they had the ball after that. Or what about Casey Hayward? Didn't Casey Hayward get an interception in overtime, or am I misremembering? I don't think that was in overtime. No, I, I maybe I'm misremembering, but I, yes, he got an interception. But I'm pretty sure that was in regulation. So okay, so Casey Hayward is uh, salty, like real salty. 
Um, he posted a video of his interception and said, feels good to seal the game with an interception and knock out an old team or like knock out my old team, keep them out of the playoffs or something like that. It's like, wow. Like I did not know that he was scorned by the Chargers so badly. I wonder how he feels about Green Bay. <laughs> yeah, I bet they're I bet they're on the list. Ah, fantastic. And then, I don't remember I don't remember the Chargers being mean to him at all. Just like they just didn't offer as much as the Raiders. And then we I also know, had man. everybody makes makes lists. Yeah. We also had this controversy, kind of non controversy at the end where the Chargers took a timeout um right before the Raiders ran their second last play of overtime. And um the the controversy was weird because uh, I think the thought process going was that everybody was assuming that at this point the Raiders decided they would just run until the clock ran out. And then the Chargers took a timeout because their defense was not aligned properly. It was not set up to stop the run. Um, and that um, the Raiders then changed their mind to try and pick up a first down and kick a field goal. Um, I don't think that's true. I think uh, the cooler heads of the next day have basically made that that narrative kind of go away that uh, the Raiders were not taking knees. They were still trying to move forward. They were close to field goal range. And it's really the Chargers fault for not stopping a 10 yard run from happening when they knew a run was very likely. Um, But wanted to mention it. And also did want to mention David Carr made it worse after the game because (laughs) when asked um, if the Chargers timeout changed their strategy, he quickly answered, oh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> he followed it up with, we were always trying to win the game. But it was a weird answer to that question. <laughs> um, so I don't think it mattered, but it, it was it was interesting, and it made things much more dramatic. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought it did. I, I think it did matter. I, th- I do think they changed their strategy, but I also think it was defensible to call that time yep. out. Because because you have to assume the the Raiders aren't going to run out the clock. I mean the Chargers show some pride on your run defense. My God, right, totally ten yards on a on a. I mean that all they got to do is show up for a couple plays there. The Raiders were able to really move the clock for as for as incredible as the Chargers offense was, uh, and, and like for figuring out a ways to you know break the Raiders on fourth down over and over and over again in regulation. Chargers defense really let them down. They they kind of have no one to blame but themselves because that game easily could have been a tie easily so uh Steelers fans very happy Daniel Carlson in my mind famous for missing a field goal that and allowed the Packers to tie the Vikings a few years back uh he has had a very nice uh very nice second leg of his career after he got out of the NFC North it's, it's gone very well for him very nice well he's done. had a nice second leg second. yeah <laughs> as all kickers should be referred to it's true uh but yeah good stuff so uh real quickly yeah. potential playoff opponents who do we want? Uh, who do you want? The the 49ers are scary. Rodgers is 0-3 in the playoffs against them. Well, yeah, of course you want Philly, the seventh seed. Who doesn't want Philly? <laughs> Especially because it means Tom Brady Tom Brady's yes. going home. Yeah, the, <laughs> the, the exclusive reason I want Philly is because it eliminates Tom Brady. Yeah, the most hardcore team to what root think, for Paul? is definitely Philly. Um, uh, Philly, yes. Uh, the re- most realistic one to root for is Arizona. Um, they have to travel... Uh, the wrong way time zone wise they have to travel the wrong weather uh, weather wise and they have been crashing and burning the second half of the season they were one of oh, the best and, and also short Monday week. night yeah Monday night and, and, yeah short week too good point um, they're playing they play the Monday night game uh, against the Rams and so they will be on a short week no matter what um, they they were uh, at one point number one in DVOA for this season after a fairly good sample size and they have just been con- on a consistent downward trend since then especially on offense uh, where they're 15th, um, they were 16th in a weighted DVOA. Like we, the Packers 
soared in weighted DVOA. They ended up um, ninth on the season, but um, outsiders very helpfully put out an adjustment for backup quarterbacks and other important backups. And that has the Packers at third, just behind the Cowboys and Patriots. So um, Arizona is one of those teams that's gone the other way completely and um, very discombobulated. Still a good defensive team, but uh, uh, just a terrible matchup for them to come to Lambeau and um, struggling all the way. But I don't think they'll get past the Rams. But I'm rooting for Arizona in that game. That's the other team that I want for sure. Do you think the 49ers can beat the can beat Dallas? Because uh, I, I, they're scary, but Dallas Dallas might be the best team in the NFC field. It's really I don't know. Dallas is the best by basically every efficiency metric, um, and so beating them is hard. But I actually think I'm going to take San Francisco when we do picks picks in this game. Um, I, I'm I'm torn on it because I like. Uh, I do like Kyle Shanahan as an offensive play caller. He does shoot himself in the foot fairly frequently, unfortunately, as Mike does once in a while. But uh, they've been playing really well lately. I think that they kind of had a a realization on how to use uh, Ayuk properly. And their defense has really come on lately. Um, I think over the second half of the season, they're more or less Dallas is equal. And I just like the... Uh, the matchup there with San Francisco going heavy against the Dallas uh, defense, which is very good, but definitely is better against um, 11 personnel than what San Francisco does. So uh, not Dallas is good, but a little bit of a tough matchup for him, I, th- I think. So I think San Francisco can win that game, and I'm going to pick him to win that game. Mm. I don't really I'm pretty wa- comfortable with any, yeah, I don't want any the of the four. I'm, San Francisco's scary. <laughs> Yeah, I don't want them. I'm, I'm, I, I, we're good against them, but I still don't want them. Yeah, yeah, that's the only one that scares me, truthfully, San Francisco. And I, I you know, I there, there are times where it's like, why would anybody be afraid of a Jimmy Garoppolo led team? Yeah, yeah. The there's, defense there's is that. Not like, like all world necessarily, but the quarterback is garbage. That is true. Um, but I'm still a little scared of them. The Rams don't do anything for all me, right. even though they're objectively a good team too. But uh, I'm, I'm not scared of them either. They're fine. Matt Stafford's bad. I think, yeah, I think Matt Stafford is doing his end-of-season trail-off, yep. as he usually does. Matt Matt Stafford's EPA uh, tends EPA per dropback tends to be asymptotic throughout the year. <laughs> Good word. Incredible. I, it's, yeah. I, thank you. I, I'm using my Six Sigma green belt here. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and for those who don't understand, it's a it's a – curve that goes down towards a number but never quite reaches it so his his epa always starts really high and then it dips off and then kind of levels off poorly near the end um that's that's just your your standard matt stafford it's Mm -hmm. it's how he was with the lions and apparently it's how he is with the rams yep yeah all right shall we get to the questions let's do them let's knock them out all right uh, so we'll start with Patreon questions. Obviously, patrons have question priority. We'll start with Mark Podscarby. Arr. We discussed war on the mini pod going off on that. If Rodgers had chosen to retire in the offseason, what do you think the Packers would have been this year with love? Kind of bad. Um, I, I'm down. I'm more down on love than probably most people are. But uh, maybe, I don't know, man. Did maybe you see not. Packers Twitter today? Yeah, they, they were tearing them up pretty good. That's true. Um <laughs> I think there's a huge difference if they go into the season with Love versus Rodgers. They had they did they were good in close games. I think they lose essentially all of those close games instead of winning most of them. Uh, I think that they're not in a few other games that Aaron played well in. I think it's like a seven or eight win difference with Love. I, I think they're well out of the playoffs and uh, like 
like a five or a six win team if they go into the season wow. above. Uh, it's I, a condemnation. Yeah, uh, part of that is future casting a little bit. Like I'm, if they if they don't have Rodgers and they're with their backup quarterback, I'm not sure they're as aggressive at at midseason acquisitions as they otherwise would be. Um, like mm-hmm. I don't know if they go get Razul Douglas, but their offensive line um, beaten up. I think just murders Jordan Love back there too. Um, I, I think he has almost no chance behind. Uh, Rodgers yeah. makes that line a lot better. Like they played well, but he moves very well in the pocket. He he really helps them out. Love has very poor pocket presence, and uh, the clock is not good. I think they get destroyed yeah. with him. And I think you couple that with Love not being fully trusting of his ability to escape the pressure and run upfield. Like it doesn't. I mean, obviously you saw the two point conversion where it was designed yeah. for him, but it doesn't feel like Jordan Love is prepared to do that. I imagine that will come as you know as he gets more experience, but he would not be very good at that this year either. Nope, don't think. God, so. Aaron Rodgers' pocket presence is just insane. It's so good. <laughs> also, b- before we move off of war, um, yep. PFF was brought up amongst Packers Twitter today. Um, Creed Humphrey is their highest graded rookie. Yep, he is. Okay. And Creed Humphrey went one play after uh, Myers, and they play the same position. Yep. Yeah. And so people were like, was this was this the wrong choice? And it's like, you're using a PFF grade on a rookie and a guy who's only played half the yeah, season. Yeah, Josh might have got hurt. So. And who was <laughs> also who was really good while he was playing. Yeah. So, yeah. PFF grades are garbage. PFF Mike <laughs> is also garbage. Oh, harsh. Okay. PFF is not the only place to recognize that Creed Humphrey has been very, very good. And the Packers were thought to be connected to him because they needed that position. And it seemed like he would be an obvious fit for them. So I can no, see they, why they, they took a, a road grading mauler from Ohio State and they replaced him with a road grading mauler from Ohio State. Yeah, it works. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I, I'm not saying I'm just saying like at the time. People thought, why, if you were going to draft, draft Josh Myers, did you just not take Creed Humphrey? Yeah. To tie, to tie it back to the mini end. pod, by the way, right. if, if you want a more nuanced take on um, on PFF's war calculation and, and all the, the problems I have with it, um, j- just to tie it back to that, they had Tom Brady as a four-war player this year and Aaron Rodgers as a three-war player. I think that drastically underrates quarterbacks. Um, I think replacement-level quarterbacks are uh, just trash. I mean, um, a, a replacement-level quarterback is going to be the quarterback of a four-win team, and um, I, I think Rodgers and Brady both are probably something more like seven or eight-win players. Um, uh, that's what you get with the best quarterbacks in the game. That's what pushes teams with good quarterbacks to be twelve-win teams fairly frequently. That's that's why that happens. So um, I think what, that the, the difference between Rodgers and Love is massive. If if you were to select like one quarterback currently in the NFL to be a quote-unquote replacement quarterback. Who who do you think fits that bill? I think it's Tim Boyle. Uh, I think he is the wow. Well, he, basically, the replacement level quarterback is the the quarterback you can if you want to call it backup. Fine, but I don't think that's correct. Um, backup quarterbacks I think are better than replacement level quarterbacks a lot of the time. You can't just here's why. If your starter dies, you have a backup, but you can't just go to the street and get um, a backup level quarterback right away. So I think Boyle's about right, and it, it doesn't really matter from the Packers' perspective because I think Jordan Love's not very good. Um, you know, maybe <laughs> if we were doing an honest cal- calculation and, and that we had like a, a decent backup quarterback behind him, I'm, I'm searching for a decent backup in my head right now and having trouble pulling one out. Um, no, no, I want to do. This. Nope, nope, all bad. They're all they all suck. Um, it's just it's just really it's just really really large. 
I was I was gonna say Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah. Okay. Um. I, maybe he's. That's probably good for like replacement level starter. Like he's the bridge between starter and backup. Um, and see, and I think that's I maybe think that's so. Okay, fair, fair. That's life. a fair point. I get that. Um, Look at me defending PFF. I feel awful. Yeah. <laughs> but most people, okay, next most question. people don't have the problem with that is most people don't have Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, most people have right, because he's worse. <laughs> most people's backups are terrible. All right, Mark Mark Putzgarby has another question here. The Saints went for it year after year with an aging quarterback while continuously pushing cap space down the road and now appear to have a long rebuild to get back to being a possible title contender. Are we heading down the same path as them? I would no. say that if the Saints if, if the Packers didn't have love uh didn't have Rodgers this year, you could do way worse than being the Saints. The Saints the Saints were in the playoff chase <laughs> until the very last week of the season. Yeah. But see to to me the the thing that sticks out is the the uh cap hell. And yeah. as long as there is breath in Russ Ball's body, the Packers will not be in cap hell. They're kind of in cap right. hell. I disagree with Matt. They, they might. <laughs> the problem is, is right now they have too many good players. I don't think that they will do the whole, like, I'm going to shoot myself in the foot three years from now thing that the Saints have been doing. I think they might. I think if they have another year of Rodgers window, I don't think they will. But if they do, I think they'll take on more salary to keep everybody around and push a whole bunch of void years into the future and and go the Saints route. And I think I also think that's the correct thing to do. Um, not just because the Saints were pretty good this year, but because get the most out of this. Because you, despite having Farvin Rodgers back to back, you usually don't have great quarterbacks on your team. And so make the most of it while you do. <laughs> Jr. with JR's the world's bored. most audible yawn. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I, uh, my eyes started glazing over. I looked up w- what the name was of the Greek character who takes the long, hard road out of hell. It's Orpheus. It's Orpheus, yeah. So yeah. Russ, Orpheus Russ Ball is Orpheus. Orpheus, you don't know the story of Orpheus. No, no, I do, I do, I do. I, I just wanted to make sure I had the right name because yeah. uh, I wasn't sure if I had if I had the right character. Are, are you saying that recording this podcast is Sisyphusian? No, that's a I different not story. That. That's totally different story. Yeah, I know. I'm just trying to that's the other greek myth i know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of good ones all right uh, tim brown asks if myers and bakhtiari are healthy enough to play in the first playoff game what is your starting five for offensive line i think billy turner is probably the bigger question at this point but um it's who ba- is not listed as ir and He's just not. came off COVID today he, he did so i think he'll play um but uh i, I think Bakhtiari, Myers, I, I do have Turner out there. Um, I am blanking on my offensive linemen who have played lately because they're. Both. I think I think you've. For me, it's it's in, in order: Bakhtiari, Runyon, Runyon Myers, yeah. Lucas, Patrick, and Patrick, yeah, and then and then Turner. Yep. Oh, you think Patrick over Royce Newman? Yes, I take Patrick. <laughs> yes, over. Definitely. So Lucas Patrick at, at right guard is way better than Lucas Patrick at center. Yeah, he is, and also way better than Royce Newman. Lucas Patrick can at least stop a stunt. Yeah, Royce Newman pl- had a few good games. Let's give him a little bit of credit, but he still has a huge yes, bunch of holes in his game. And too. then the Lions, the Lions watched five minutes of film, knew that he couldn't stop a stunt, and brought it down <laughs> to end the game. <laughs> yep. So in your mind, that might be that might be the bigger issue with whether or not you start Myers because it will give you an opportunity to strengthen your guard positions. Yes, I think I think Myers is the cascading. Uh, waterfall of good. <laughs> Tim Brown also asks, who is the most valuable to the team if Bakhtiari, Alexander, and Sidarius Smith are all available to play in that first playoff game? I think it's Alexander, um, but 
you, yeah. can, you can make a case for for some others, but they've been good without Zedarius all year. Zedarius is good um, at, as insurance. If if something would happen to Gary or Preston, or just to give them some flexibility on passing downs, um, it's good to have him back. But he's definitely the least important here. They've been fine in that aspect all year. Um, and Bakhtiari's important for sure, but you know they've managed to weather this this long. They clearly have you know some good chemistry, some good backups. They can be fine. Jair, pass defense is an area where they can be exploited sometimes. And Jair coming back is huge to make that uh, what was a hole, um, a Chandon-sized hole in their defense, suddenly disappear. So um, definitely Jair. A Chandon-sized hole. <laughs> Um, uh, I I also agree. I think I think Alexander's the best option, hundred percent. Because the difference between them and the Super Bowl last year is the Scotty Miller play, and uh, Kevin King's still there. So it would be nice to yep. have the have the guy who can who can break that up. Um, it, so you alluded to Zadarius Smith's plight on the podcast when I wasn't around. I wasn't really. I haven't been wise to the theory that he just is unhappy with the situation and was possibly slow playing his return himself and, and now might be available for the playoffs. Is it po- it's in your mind? Like, is it possible? He just, I mean, I know he's, he is hurt, but like, he's cool with just like missing the regular season and just showing up for the good stuff. Is that, you think what's going so, on here? Uh, the, the controversy is actually around him coming into the season telling everyone that he's fine when he was super not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and then he goes and stinks it up in week one. Um, I think when you compound that with, like, I'm playing hurt and I'm Mr. Tough Guy and I'm doing it for the team with uh, getting absolutely lambasted by his coach in the post game, mm-hmm. as well as his team not voting him captain, I think that he had an eight-week back injury and an eight-week salt injury. I think that's possible. And it... You know, last year, every time he got hurt, he got he was down so many times, and then he, he came was, back in the game. He was faking every single one. Well, of them. well, right. Like, I mean, <laughs> at some point, it's like, well, he's just really tough. And then after like the seventh or eighth time, you're like, no. is he even hurt? This What's is just going what Zedarius does. Zedarius well, just stays down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's. I don't know. He's an interesting character. He's obviously still very beloved, which I think is kind of the interesting part of this. Like, if this is true. And I'm I am not I have no idea. But if that's if there's even a shred of truth to it, it's amazing to me how he's still like this fun loving guy that everybody everybody loves because you can see people turning on him awfully quick. I, I think it probably helps here that the pass rush has not suffered necessarily without him. But uh, yep. it's a super interesting situation there. And it, it's like it's like Ryan Braun skipping spring training and then just showing up for the regular season. Like, yeah, there's maybe some wisdom like eh, you don't need to play the regular season. Let's just let's just come around for the games that matter. Let's go. Yep. It's like that uh, that one Ravens fan with the ultra white teeth who live streams after every game. I have no idea. What nope, no about. idea. Not oh a, my god! Not a you, clue. Need, you guys need to go find this. There's this Raven fan who live streams after every game, and every time they lose, he's like, "Bro, you're trying in the regular season. We're saving our best for the playoffs." All right, Pete to the Ravens. Their All season right. is is yeah. over. Um, by the way, the AFC is a, is a whole jumbled mess. Like, I am not convinced any team is actually good in the nope. AFC, except probably the Patriots, who are, what, the sixth seed? Yeah, they're good, but their offense is only bleh. Their defense is yeah. great. But uh, they have they have as many holes as any other team, and if they run into the wrong matchup, they'll be done in a second, too. So, with the on Yeah, the Colts lost to the Jaguars. The Colts lost to the Jaguars just, just shook me. I, I still, I, I'm not even over it now. I can't even believe it. Uh, Alex Lamers asks, oh, go ahead. Just... With everything on the line against the worst team in football, 
just how do you lose that? How do you not get out of bed and win that game? Incredible loss. Carson Wentz, um, this is why you don't pick up Carson Wentz. It's why you don't trade for quarterbacks of his caliber because this can happen to you, and uh, it did. Awful. Uh, yeah, that's wild. He's an alternate for the Pro Bowl, by the way, Carson Wentz. So, or, or what, did he? Or was he even? He might have even made the Pro Bowl. I, I think he's an alternate, but like, people thought he did a good job. Uh, people are wrong. Alex Lamers asks. <laughs> in uh, I'm getting some whiplash with the defense. We've gone from Joe Barry's bad takes before the season to maybe he's actually good to early to mid November to some pretty bad performances lately. <laughs> what should we expect from this group in the playoffs? I think that they are better um, with this year than they have been lately. So real quick, they actually had a better defensive DVOA last year than they do this year when the season's all said and done. But I think the season kind of went like this. Uh, Barry's scheme is good. It works pretty well. Um, they played it competently, got better when they got Douglas. It started to get figured out a little bit as the season wore on. Teams started to lean on the run a little bit more, which they're not interested in stopping nor good at stopping most of the time. Started picking on slot a little bit more when Shannon was in there, um, identifying Savage as a weak link a little bit as well, and pushing to down, down roster receivers. And... Um, the Packers just not having the horses to change back to catch it. But the Packers were usually pretty competent. They didn't um, do anything really stupid on defense. They tackled well when Devondre Campbell was in there. The middle of the defense was very solid when Kenny was in there. Um, the middle of the defense was very solid. I think they just really started to run out of talent and scheme. And with Alexander back, if Clark is there and Campbell is healthy, I think they'll look more like they did early in the season, um, fully loaded, and they'll be fine. So I think Barry has done a good job, even if some of the numbers don't say so. And um, I, I do think just everybody looks like they're where they're supposed to be most of the time uh, when, when the other team's not running double reverse wide receiver passes. <laughs> All right. Brett Smith asks, I know the Lions emptied the playbook on Sunday, but does the defensive performance concern you at all? It seemed like there were a few plays. The Lions were wide open, not just on trick plays. So <laughs> yeah, this well, comes the... down to does it does it matter that they there was nothing to play for? Pretty much Packers yeah. rolled out there and gave not one damn shit. Yep. nor hell. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Um, it's this is just human nature. There's nothing to play for in this game. People were making business decisions all over the place. They did. If you don't have the motivation or the incentives to do your normal work during the week to play to pay attention to all the details to actually put your body through what you need to put it through you're just not going to be as good when you show up to the game and that's what happened to the packers this week throw this game in the trash it doesn't matter because you can be more concerned about you know a few games leading up to it uh, where there are a few holes that were exploited but they're minor and generally i think they'll be fine the lions game doesn't matter not not a lick not a bit the phrase sorry it's human nature has been ruined for me because immediately in the back of my head the song schadenfreude from avenue q starts playing <laughs> that i've seen avenue q a couple times that one doesn't stick in my head for me though so oh yes yeah, so, so you know sorry nikki human nature nothing i can do <laughs> yes yeah, it sticks in the back of my head like it's earworm there's there's your your podcast homework go listen to schadenfreude from the avenue q mm -hmm. soundtrack <laughs> Uh, Matab with the uh, with the deep voice should sing more often is yes. my is my take on that. Oh, hang on, hang on. If I if I if my deep voice is still here, check this out. <clears throat> it's very it, it here. Is. It's very here. Yes. Live in my house. I'll be your shelter. Nope. No, I have no, no idea no, what the fuck no, that is. Not even. Uh, I, I will I will cover you reprise from Rent. 
Oh. Oh. Uh, yeah. Okay. okay. Asilotam says Bears and Vikings are getting a facelift. Packers step back with salary cap issues. We we, we sort of addressed this yeah, already, but yeah. uh, will the NFC North be the new NFC East next year? So-so records playoff team with a non-winning record. I say yes. Yes. Sir. yes. Yep. Yeah. Yep. No losing records in the playoffs this year. Very sad. And surprising. Uh, yeah. yeah. Genuinely is, surprising. But, um, and the next team up in both cases, the Colts and the uh, uh, Saints also were winning records. Yep. So unusual. Jesse Gennigan says, what coaching hire for the Vikings or Bears would scare you? And the more likely scenario, which ones would make you laugh at them? Uh, I mean, we t- talked about Brian Kelly. Obviously, that's not happening, but that would be incredible. Yeah, um, we have to see who they. Brian, actually... what, what do you think of Brian Flores? Brian Flores now... is a, a pretty good coach. I think. Uh, I think he's getting a little bit more accolades than he deserves, um, partially because he, he clearly wasn't the problem in Miami. Um, he, I would say he. he I've, I I watch more Dolphins than I should, and they're <laughs> they're not always analytics darlings in terms of what they do. But they're clearly like good executors in terms of what what you know how their their players play and their quarterback's bad. Like two is bad. He he uh, he's just not going to be the guy. And you're, you know to to get a winning record out of a really really questionable quarterback situation for three years is impressive. So I think he's a good coach. Uh, I think he's certainly the best available coach. And it would scare me a little bit because uh, there um, you know there hasn't been a lot of competence in the division. So um, he he's he's the best one out there right now. Uh, I suspect so, they will do worse. The the rumors out of Miami are that Flores was like, guys, Tua, just the mayor of Ain't Itsville. Yeah. Get him the hell out of this here. This is the rumor. And they were like, no, you're gone. Yeah. <laughs> Tua, is, Tua is the owner's pick, and uh, that is how they're rolling. So that's what happened. I think he's pretty good, though. Um, I think the the most hilarious thing that could possibly happen is the Bears hire Vic Fangio. Now, I don't think anybody's interested in that, but it would be hilarious. Um uh, and I don't. Oh, what if the Bears hired someone off a of TV? Well, that would be hilarious too. Like, but... <laughs> like Tony Romo? Who are we talking about? No, no, no I'm talking like uh, like that'd like, be a good hire. Like I'd hire Mel Tony Kiper. Romo. <laughs> <laughs> Mel Kiper. What, what if they hired <laughs> 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 I, I don't think Mel's interested in the job. I don't. That would be so who, funny. Who in the hell's Mel Kiper in a way? <laughs> Um, uh, like I, I'm waiting for the Bears to hire a bad, uh, a medium college coach. I, I feel like that's that's what's destined here. Sure. And, uh, by the way, I'm Jim Harbaugh has been in the league before, obviously, and been fairly successful. I don't think he's actually a very good coach. Um, I, I'll just go out there right now. I think you've seen it at Michigan that uh, he can recruit, um, but his especially his offense is very backward. He his defenses are okay. And those 49er teams, I think, were, were were a result of their coordinators more than anything else. His offensive coordinator was Greg Roman. Um, Greg Roman has gone on to coordinate many a good offense. Um, I, I don't think that Harbaugh is very good unless he has good assistance. And so that's really all it comes down to with him. Well, let's hope the Bears and Vikings don't hire Greg Roman. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a or, good hire. That would be really smart. Somebody uh, should do that. I think I saw Leslie Frazier involved in the Bears, uh, Ghosts oh, of NFC North Pass. Yes, bring that's uh, not to not to rip Leslie Frazier too much, but I'm in favor of that hiring. That would be, that would be excellent. <laughs> not to not to badmouth you, but I like it. <laughs> that's a that's a funny way to put it. But Look, yes. man, I'm not going to say that you're terrible, but like you're t- he's, so he's not terrible. He's just like very mediocre. They wouldn't do anything with Leslie Frazier. Well, there's I, I also heads up there's a lot of bills sites 
covering Leslie Frazier to the Bears. <laughs> All right. All right. They're they're Bring terrified it. of losing him. Uh, that totally and totally makes sense. I just don't think he's a good. He, maybe he would be a good head guy in another run. I just don't think he was very good last so I, time. I didn't realize he's he's also the assistant head coach in Buffalo. Well, okay. <laughs> I, I I don't know what that means. It's I'm an, pretty sure that's just in, a title. In his case, it's an emeritus title. Um, he he is uh you know well respected and a little bit older. So yeah. So I was I I was always under the impression that. Assistant head coach is just something that you give to a coordinator who you don't want to leave. It often is that too, because you know you can't promote it other than head coach. All right, Patrick Detmer asks: Do you think there's a possibility that the offense will have some addition by subtraction with MBS out of the lineup and Cobb coming back? Rogers has struggled with his deep shots to MBS all year. Is his absence more likely to help Twelve look for more high percentage throws underneath, or cause the offense to struggle without his ability to take top off the defense come playoff time? Listen, listen here, listen. I no. feel like I feel like no. this question was yeah, is is to me, but you go first. <laughs> this, this question is worth asking eight weeks ago. But Rogers deep ball is back. Rogers is top five in deep ball completion percentage. Okay, that's true. What, what I'm saying with with MVS back and Devonte getting all of the attention, I do think that the shot plays would be there. And Rogers is is throwing beyond twenty yards now. So and especially to the outside hash on the left, throwing so, very well. Yeah. Okay. Um. But a lot of those have not been to MVS. And... Right, right. <laughs> I'm not, but what I'm saying is, I think I think having your four three guy back is never a bad thing. Okay, that's fair. That makes. Sense. I wonder what the if the correlation, if any, to the line play. Rogers increased um, sort of confidence in the line as the season has gone on. Maybe that made things a little easier for him to take shots downfield. Certainly, if Bakhtiari is there, he's going to be at his utmost confidence. So that could. You know, oh I would God, think dude. that leads to more shots. That first series against the Lions, Rogers is sitting in the pocket, just like making a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> he was very happy in that game. Was that was happy. a very good moment for him. It it did make me nervous of bad habits, though. I do. I hate to see him have too much time. I don't like it. Uh, and the, the the one thing that Matt's right about is he hasn't been tempted by MVS lately. Like MVS has not been drawing those throws, and Aaron has been hitting them to other people. So um, you're right. Eight weeks ago, yes, it probably does make a difference. But um, they're focusing on on different throws to different receivers now. Lazard has been doing a lot more work deep, and that will probably continue. So, um, and also keep in mind, as bad as MVS has been, the the fewer people you have, the closer Amari Rogers is to playing in a game. That's much worse. <laughs> so. <laughs> Uh, but Scarby has another question, which is a lot, but but I think it's a good one. And the NBA coaches are often labeled as good regular season coaches, but not a good playoff coach. Is there something similar in the NFL? And what makes a coach in the NFL a good playoff coach? My instinct here is that there is you can't really compare the two because the NBA coaches develop that reputation because of their ability to adjust over the course of a seven-game series against the same opponent. Yeah. Football's playoffs are the same format as a regular season. I would think there's very little difference. I think there used to be. be wrong. I think there used to be, but aren't anymore. And I'll give you an example. Um, back in the late '80s, early '90s, uh, it was much more common for teams to play old school football, run the ball twice, and then throw on third down and then punt. Um, however, when teams got into the playoffs, some of the younger and smarter and better coaches, uh, because of the desperation of the situation, would start playing a more correct brand of pass-happy football. Uh, that happened pretty often. Um, the ones who didn't 
uh, often lost when they shouldn't have. The biggest example of that's Marty Schottenheimer, who would run the ball to a fault forever and ever and ever in place in in postseason games and run himself out of games a lot, even when the Chargers got behind, uh, even when whoever he happened to be coaching got behind. Um, so I think in the, the old days, there actually was, there were a few coaches that would run themselves out of the playoffs, but that, I don't think that really exists anymore. Everybody just keeps up their normal strategy, and your normal strategy is the one that got you to the playoffs. So, yeah, it, uh, sophistication has, I think, taken away a lot of the uh, the good playoff, bad playoff distinction. All right, Flaley Joel Osmond asks, between the Smiths, who is the bigger mercenary? The one who only plays well for dollars <laughs> per sack or the one who only plays at all in the playoffs? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, they both have mercenary instincts. They do. They both do. I'm not sure. I'm going with I'm going with Nick Perry 2.0. That would be Preston. Okay. Yeah, you love that example. I'll go with Preston. I'm just too. telling you, like, Pre- Preston Smith is, is uh, mirroring Nick Perry's career arc sure. through his – Also, role. to be – to be fair, this is his third contract he's fighting for. Perry was going for a second. Yeah. And if, if Zedarius was hurt, then he was hurt. If he wasn't hurt, his motivation is different than chasing dollars. It is, uh, it's not that. So uh, Preston's the merc here. He's the, one sh- he's the one showing up for big bucks. Yeah, what a year. Uh, also, second half to uh, unrelated, would a Super Bowl win get Rodgers to consider a Brady-esque structure that grossly underpays him in order to keep the band together? No, no way. Absolutely not. <laughs> Hell no. Yeah, no, I think no chance. So here's the the only thing that gives me pause with this is that I, I've compared Rogers a lot lately to Zach Greinke uh, as a guy when he was with the Brewers. There was some thought that he would sign with the Brewers again, and then he ended up not turning him down and uh, ended up getting traded, signed it, signed a massive offseason. But but a guy who just doesn't think like everybody else. You can't you can't assume you know what's going on in the brain of Zach Granke, just like you can't assume you know what's going on in the brain of Aaron Rodgers. He likes to, for better or worse, likes to think a lot about everything and think of it from a very unique point of view. And uh, I, I don't know if we can actually forecast what's going on. Every instinct I have, and I'm sure you guys have, is that he is still leaving at the end of the season or will you know put, put in place the situation where he'd have to leave. Uh, where the, where the Packers would have to trade him, but uh, he's he's not like other people. We don't really know what his motivations truly are still. So who, who freaking knows? Look, if <laughs> if Aaron Rodgers have, in the rest of his career takes a Brady esque sub market value contract, I will run naked around my block. I don't want that. No one wants <laughs> that. I'm not worried about that. It, is, that that's is right. It's not gonna absolutely happen. no one. Yeah, Aaron's getting paid, and Aaron, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, yeah, he will, he will, he will live where he, his next team. He'll play where he wants, but he will get paid for it big time. He's not taking Aaron Rodgers. He loves stats and status. Yep. Like in the in the Lions game, he literally took a sack instead of throwing the ball away. He was out of the pocket and dove for the line of scrimmage instead of throwing the ball away. <laughs> He he wants to be the highest paid quarterback. He wants to have more MVPs than Brett Rod- or Brett Favre. He like he wants those things, yep. and those things bring you super max contracts. Who is that man running outside? Oh, no thing. It's just the Packers thirst trap, naked <laughs> naked down the block. All right, he's, Packers Twitter. That was showing off my meat way. That was weird. Yeah, uh, I recommend everyone. That, that was a great day though. Like, <laughs> <laughs> the fact that the fact that thir- thirst trap Thursday made it all the way to players, yeah, yeah. is phenomenal. PJ Vessels asks last uh, Patreon question here: Which coaching vacancy are you taking, and why? 
Oh, um, Denver. No. Okay. Well, you you make your own answer. I have a different answer. That's fine. Denver's good. You live there. You don't need to commute. Yes, <laughs> that's why okay. I would take Denver so because, I commute. because I could commute. And my answer is um, the same. Also, so. Denver's gonna Denver's <laughs> gonna get a new owner. Yeah. yeah. Um, and they probably have the best roster outside of quarterback. And they um, might they might have a quarterback. Yeah. You know what? I changed my answer. If Aaron Rodgers goes to Denver, I'm, I want the hell out of there. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good idea. So I'll take the the Bears are I think objectively the worst job. I'm taking that. I, I get uh, <laughs> I get tons of leeway, and they run so stupidly that like you can, I can I can get out of bed and uh, fall hit the floor and I'll, I'll just make them better without trying. Like fixing the Bears is making them marginally better is so easy, and uh, selling a tank because they need to rebuild the whole roster is so easy. You only have to, you don't have any draft picks because the last GM was so stupid. So like. You get like two, two or three years of leeway just to like do a little marginal stuff and lose without any pressure, and then you can build it back up. So it's a, it's a really good like, um, you know, you can't fall off the floor kind of job, and uh, I'm, I'm all about that. Plus, I can commute there too. And you, you don't want to disappoint mother. <laughs> I can. All, I'm also, I'm also good at speaking truth to power. So um, that some, <laughs> it might not Norman. last too long. Some Norman Bates energy now going on yeah. there. Uh, let's go with the Twitter questions. Big rig. What injury will the team use to keep Amari off the playoff roster? <laughs> um, uh, long COVID. Oh, jeez. Um, uh, burst, uh, burst inner ear, ear, ear tube. Something that throws off your balance. Something to explain the whole thing. That, that's yeah. yeah. Burst eardrum. He did. That was not his worst day, though, against the Lions. He no. has gotten incrementally better yes. over the course okay. of the year. He ran right, so, we did as was it. pointed out a million times yeah, to us. <laughs> I know, I know. We, we we're those people now. But that's the thing: is he started on the left on the left sideline? You can't yeah. run left if there's no left to run. You can't. <laughs> it's true. Tactical error by, by the Lions. Yeah, <laughs> whatever injury, it's going to be on his right side. I'm pretty confident because <laughs> uh, he does. He'll 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 favor left. Uh, okay, so Matthew. NFL owner says, how many listeners thought for way too long that JR was a sports reporter that was facetiously trending rather than a reporter covering trending sports? Or am I just a dumb idiot? (laughs) (laughs) Part two. uh, I like part two, actually. How early is too early to draft the punter? Um, So I, I don't know whether to be like quite insulted like i don't expect people to have know what i write or anything but you know i do say trending sports reporter for the milwaukee journal sentinel at the front of every one of these yeah, guys yeah, so, you like, do. i don't I know love how, i love how he's been listening for like two years i thought you were so egotistical <laughs> just call myself <laughs> trending yeah i'm i'm trending guys i'm trending sports reporter um i mean yeah I'm like so, i'm crying I'm i think <laughs> i think Crying with the voice think, modulator is also quite hilarious in and of itself. So, I just wonder what made him realize otherwise. Was it the rant? It, it had to be the like rant about um, talk, about, talk, talk, talk about. about. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. had to be talk about. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know where to go with that or how to feel about that. I'm, I guess, I guess, fine. It doesn't matter. But no, I definitely work for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, uh, and. Uh, and have for a few years, quite some time actually, if you count all of the uh, the community publications associated back to 2004, yeah. we have to go. So, long tenured <laughs> journalist. 
I always I, I kind of have grown to not like the term journalist because I feel like it's a little disrespectful when I'm referring to myself. Now, I mean, obviously, I think I can classify myself as that. But like yeah. the things I do are like Twitter lists and historical lookbacks and all this kind of like fun stuff. And then I'm, you know, in the same building as people who are doing like, honest to God, amazing news, cover, you know, news coverage of like protests and COVID and the government. I mean, those people are geniuses. And I'm like, hey, here's 10 funny things that were on Twitter last week, you know. So I, I always I always kind of balk at using journalists, yeah. but I am definitely a trending sports reporter. That is that is the sort of weird name that uh, my title has. I, also, never draft a punter. If you no, never uh, draft uh, a punter. So hold on a second. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Two, two things. First of all, um, it's always been weird that sports is, was for like 100 years exclusively covered as if it were just straight up news and not as entertainment. And so yeah. I, I think you actually cover it kind of the right way to a large extent <laughs> because it's fundamentally entertainment. It's, you know, it doesn't really matter. what. Or, or at, at worst, it straddles that line. It's called the toy shop yeah. historically because you can kind of mess around. It is it is that like gap between news and feature or, or entertainment or whatever. So like, yeah. so yeah, I think that's the idea of this position and other papers finding that position is like, you can have the serious columnist who like really opines about stuff, but this is also kind of a different spin on columnist where it's more like, let's just have some fun. Let's let's like be in, you know, be in our fandom a little bit yeah. without being overtly fandom. But even that I think is a little bit of a gray area. Mm -hmm. So I think we've talked about that before. Yes. Anyway, keep going. Second, I believe keep he's, keep praising he's me. referring to a specific punter. Um, he is referring to San Diego State's Matt Ariza, the greatest college punter of all time. Ah. Oh. Uh, the punter, capital T, capital yes. P. Isn't isn't he just the guy who just kicks the hell out of it? He he is the, he kicks the hell out of it. He is also their field goal kicker. Um, he is sort of the Shohei Otani of college football in that sense. Um, and yes, he has the greatest um, gross punting um, of all time by a, a hefty margin. And also is very um, erudite in how he speaks about the philosophy of punting and that. Um, he gains additional net yards by kicking the crap out of the ball, not just because um, he can kick it so far and people return it, also because it's very hard to field punts that are flying as far as he kicks them. Uh, he can kick them further away from the returner, over their heads to the sidelines, um, and because of that, ends up um, with a higher net, even though he's out kicking his coverage every time. So um, Matarize is a fascinating guy. Um, he is definitely the best college prospect at the position ever, without without any question. And I actually would advocate that he is worth a draft pick. Um, and I hate drafting punters, but I wow. even even I would would I think go with like a fourth for him. And if somebody did a third, I wouldn't actually think too too badly of them. Um, wow! Yeah. He, Matt, go watch the punter. If people haven't go read about Matariza, go watch him. Go watch highlights of his punts and the cameras losing his punts because they don't believe they're going to go that far. And and returners just like giving up. Um, it's really entertaining to watch his punts. They're great. <laughs> What's the uh, what was the baseball name you said? Shohei Otani. Shohei Otani. Okay. The only reason I know that name is because Secret Base uh, SB Nation's YouTube channel made a. Uh, I think it was MLB the show roster of like 11 of him and they made the playoffs. They would definitely make yeah. the playoffs. They would win the World Series without <laughs> question. They would have the best hitter and the best pitcher on the team. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah. So he can so play every position competently. Yeah, they put him in every position and then also like made reliever versions of him and He's so he's so good that I don't think that's even that interesting. <laughs> it's obvious <laughs> that they would be the best team in baseball. All right. All right. 
So from Joe Rob, friend of mine here, any chance or any change, any chance Rogers cleans up the look to mean business like he has for playoffs and regular season in the past, or would that destroy the 2021 Zen? Well, he did shave. He did. Yeah, um, but he's still got the, 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 the hair. Yeah, he, I think he looks the like Scott Bakula, necessary roughness. Yeah, I think the thing with, I think a lot of times he has a look, but I actually think this is, uh, his look right now is just who he wants to be for the most part, and shaving is as clean as it's going to get. That's that's my read on the situation. If he shows up clean cut, I'll be pretty shocked. I think uh, you're getting yeah. ra- ratty haired Aaron for the playoffs is what you're going to get. I mean, the man bun and, and that hair is showing up in State Farm commercials now. So, like, mm-hmm. this like, is who he, he wants to be. Could he just wash his hair just once? No. Like, oh my God. It's so bad. It's 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 bad. Uh, uh, Joe Rob also says, can the only response to this be j- me singing Everything Zen? Which, uh, which you know what? There's two I'm an- not going to do it. There's two answers. But, uh, oh, 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 no, 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 no. If you say that you're not going to do it, <laughs> you have to say. I'm not going to do it. I don't think so. <laughs> how did i blow that uh what i was gonna say about everything zen is that i just learned what the words were to the chorus like two years ago it's i don't believe in the the, i don't believe no 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 no, no, oh oh not not that part i know what you mean not no no sex in your violence i I knew all that it's uh no sex in your violence uh (laughs) try to see it once my way how the chorus begins Yeah, I had no idea what those words were. It was just "try to was my way." Okay, so I've sung it. Um, I had no idea what those words were until like two, three years ago. I've been singing that song since I was in high school, but uh, for whatever reason, I just never bothered to like look up those words or care what they were. I just would like you know, rat a tat tat it and uh, and uh, yeah, just just learned it. But Bush Bush songs make no sense, so like yeah, you don't say, really as, need the yeah, words. As this podcast millennial, grunge is bad and Bush sucks. Wow. Well, those, wow. Bush, nobody's going to argue wow. with about we, Bush sucking, but grunge is good. No, Bush is bad. Of course they are, but they're one of they're my people. They were bad they're in the day. People. By the way, um, they for, were bad. Look, man, I, I grew up with boy bands. I'm not going to defend yeah. my childhood music. Of, of interest to uh, a few listeners to this podcast, it is the 30th anniversary of Live's Mental Jewelry, um, the album... <laughs> The album that has the second worst lyrics of all time, uh, second second only to Lives throwing copper, which has the worst lyrics of all time. Uh, wait, that's there are not three I people forgot. in the world. Yeah, there, there, I forgot the other live album is actually worse than both of them. I take that back. The the black cover one, Secret right. Samadhi. Yeah, that's the worst one. Secret Samadhi. Yep, yeah. with freaks and uh, rattlesnake. Yeah. That okay, is so there terrible. are three people in the world who care about yep. that reference, but but good stuff. Yes. All right, Ryan Ziegler. What matchup out of the NFC? or AFC is going to be the most shocking upset for week one of the playoffs. When, when the Philly beats Tampa Bay, I think the Steelers are going to win. No, <laughs> no. that would be I shocking. Just, I, I, <laughs> not because, yeah, like not because I think they should or are better. They're not, but I just, I, I just, I feel it in my bones, man. You let, you let one of those like blue bloods into the playoffs. They always make noise. It's so frustrating. Yeah. I, I think, mean, the Packers are one of them, but like still, yep. I think it'll be the 49ers. I think they're going to pull that upset and that Garoppolo pulling an upset will shock people. So I'll go with that. I just want the Steelers to meet the Raiders in the AFC championship game where the Raiders are like, oh, it looks like we should have taken the tie because now <laughs> now the Steelers are going to eliminate us. They're not, the Steelers are not going to the AFC title game. Jonathan Deal asks, we know players who test positive for COVID don't have to test for 90 days. Who should we be paying attention to around divisional and championship weekend time? Yeah. It was it was always Aaron because Aaron when when he tested yeah when he tested positive we knew that his window was going to run out like right before the Super Bowl mm-hmm. his win- yeah and fortunately the CDC has real things back so we're it's less of a concern than it used to be but uh, 
He's still going to have a, like 10 days before the Super Bowl where he is in that window. Yep. He is. Uh, Aaron will become eligible again for uh, COVID stuff on February 1st. And uh, so he's the one to pay attention to if they make it that far because that could be a big, huge, hairy deal. Um, we'll yeah. And it, it's going to be interesting what the NFL does. Are our players going to – I mean, the NFL stands to lose a lot if Aaron Rodgers is going to play in a Super Bowl and suddenly can't because of COVID. You know, there were yeah. always whispers around the NBA <laughs> Finals if, like, yeah, things were yeah. fudged a little bit, yeah, you if, know. If Aaron, if Aaron Rodgers tests – like, if the Packers are going to the Super Bowl and Aaron Rodgers tests positive for COVID on February 12th, that test gets lost until February 14th. Yeah. Yeah. Like simple ass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's uh it's it's certainly an interesting scenario. I think Alan Lazard is in a similar boat because he te- he was positive. No, was he a close contact? I don't even I think know if he, he was, tested positive. I think he was a close contact. I'm not sure. I think I think he was too. I think almost everybody else on the team is good to go. Um there weren't too many before um Aaron. Devontae was before. Devon- was Devontae before? Was no. he not? That was the Arizona game. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he was. You're right. Then he was. Okay. So that's also important. Ooh. Okay. Some <laughs> could get dicey. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, exactly, man. Uh, it'll be interesting if like... So also the Omicron variant by early February, there are optimistic scenarios yep. where it, the numbers have plummeted in the United States by then. So I wouldn't hold my breath, but like it's at least plausible that it's less of a risk to the greater community at that point, let alone to the NFL. So we'll see. We'll see um let's see who is next on my list uh alan uh, alan habel habel alan habel in light of bakhtiari's injury last year and how it affected the playoff run who's the injury you'd most want to avoid rogers is the free space on the board <laughs> to have this team in in form for a super bowl run my personal pick is kind of no, 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 no. don't say anything out loud you this is this is the time when you don't answer this question no I got oh it. because you don't want to jinx it yeah charity already answered it and we don't have that kind i did of power. it's too late Again. We, we we literally can't do that. It's not possible. My You're pick fine. is Kenny Clark. Um, I I think it might be Kenny. Um, I, they've played so much worse when he's not on the field. It's kind of insane, and mm-hmm. they've been able to weather kind of everything on offense that's been thrown at them. Like obviously losing Devonte Adams would be would be bad, but when they've lost Devonte for a game in the past, they've been okay most of the time. So um, I'll, I'll go with Kenny Clark yeah, too. Didn't they have? Didn't they have Kylan Hill? For that game, what is? I have no idea. Sure, <laughs> I'm just trying to think. Like, uh, <laughs> sorry, Kylan, Kylan Hill was was brought up uh, by AJ Dillon as the biggest thirst trap on the team. Oh, and that just has me thinking about him today uh, and he's right. destroyed me. Of course it does. Poor Kylan. Oh man! All right, that, that dude, like like Matt Lafleur in the post game after Kylan got hurt was like like that poor bastard. We had to take him out back and shoot him. Like, <laughs> Rashawn Gary. This would court be question: Coffee but, addict. Yeah. Really, really quick. Rashawn Gary would normally be my answer, but if he gets Adarius back, um, that helps that a lot. So I think Kenny Clark's the most irreplaceable. So him. Uh, Coffee addict on Discord. What are your guys' thoughts on Jordan Love now that he's gotten some reps? What would you do with him if Rogers decides to stick around for another few years? We've been we've been kind of yeah. hitting this the whole time. I'm out on Jordan See, Love, asks, and I would move forward, assuming he will not be good. So that's me. I'm more pessimistic than most. Jordan Love is Paul's new Devin Aramashadu. <laughs> <laughs> and another thing about Jordan. <laughs> or or his new Kevin King. You know, like yeah. mm, we, we talk about Kevin King a lot too. C. Hutler asks, my question from last week stands, what's the Achilles heel of the twenty twenty one Packers going into the playoffs? The special is teams it? still, right? Like even mm-hmm. when they've been better, yeah, they've but... not been they've still had some things a little 
little things pop up that could bite them. Um, I don't know. Any different answer from you guys? Run defense? Nope. Well, we saw them, the the Packers experimented with a true 4-3 front against the Lions. Um, yeah. I have a feeling that they were just testing that out for, like, the event that they had to play against a heavy running Yeah, team. like, I think they can yeah. deal with the run if they have to. I just, I, I don't care that much. Special teams, I think, might jump know, they, up and they, bite they, them. They bottled Dalvin Cook well, with a backup quarterback. They did, but uh, Cleveland is the one to worry about there, who ran with impunity. So, you know, you run into that, <laughs> might be a problem. Okay. All right. So that wraps it up for us. Um, Before we get out, uh, JR, anything to plug over at the JS? Well, if anybody sees my car, uh, that would be great. It got (laughs) stolen. Jeez. It got stolen Sunday morning out of my driveway. I don't have a car. Yep. So uh, that's been that's been the low light of my week. Uh, Then my wife's car wouldn't start the subsequent morning as they tried to get to school. So we went from two cars on early Sunday morning to none in a hurry. Uh, We have uh, we've since. Uh, resolve some of that, those issues but uh, if you see a car driving around milwaukee with an alpaca sticker yes. on the back windshield uh you know it's probably mine it's probably at this point ditched yes. somewhere so if you see the parking lot in particular uh i do imagine i'll get it back at some point in some way shape or form but in in uh in the work world work sphere uh, we're, we're trying to come up with some packer stuff there's uh I, i've got a full list of packers playoff games which you know isn't like revelatory or anything but i'll look at the Packers playoff performances in the Aaron Rodgers era and Rodgers numbers specifically. Uh, also, there's a there's I don't know if you guys are aware of this, but Lay's Potato Chips is doing this promotion where they take soil from 29 NFL stadiums around the country. They mix it in with the with the soil that they have on hand in their Texas farms where they're growing potatoes, <laughs> and you can win bags of potato chips that are that are fashioned from the potatoes grown in soil from lambeau field i had no idea they were grown in texas um just extraordinarily weird i already have a bag of lambeau grass seeds so i don't need lambeau dirt potatoes well shit you grow your own potatoes yeah make your own damn potato chips out of lambeau lambeau soil you can set up a roadside so 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 then yeah so i grow the grass the grass will turn it into lambeau dirt because lambeau grass and then i'll Remove yeah. grass, grow, the, grow potatoes. I haven't quite investigated to the level of understanding why <laughs> three teams are not featured. All of them have outdoor stadiums. It's the Broncos, Browns, and Bengals. Uh, maybe maybe they have like deals with other potato chip manufacturers. <laughs> I have no idea. But uh, you know, like Ford Field, I don't even know. Like, what do you, you don't get soil out of Ford? Well, also, Lay's is part of Pepsi, right? I have no idea. I'm not a corporate guy at all. Corporate yeah, I'm pretty awareness. sure. I'm pretty pretty sure PepsiCo and Frito Lay are, are joined. Um, could be because because that's doritos right and doritos is a taco yum brand maybe i mean all of these things are brands i'm familiar anyway, with De- denver th- denver and pepsi are related two or three of those were in ohio maybe the soil is just too bad it's possible <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point or or at altitude yeah. that the soil only- <laughs> doesn't travel yeah, or something yeah. <laughs> the only thing that they can grow in ohio is depression that's right <laughs> yes all right, so I've got a story. Possibly, I don't even know coming on, on stuff like that. But we're just we're just trying to, you know, got the Bucks podcast that came out on Tuesday morning. If you're interested in that, Journal Sentinel Bucks podcast, Point Forward podcast with Jim Ozarski. Uh, just uh, you know, trying to find some cool Packers stories because we got we got a little time here before yep. the next Packers game. Matt, how about you? I will be attending my first Packers playoff game. Hey, nice. buddy! Congrats. Yeah. So, yeah, reporting is eligible. Uh, sponsor 
Appleton Coffee Company. Steve has invited me out to be his guest. He's a season ticket holder. So I will be going to the divisional game. Both This is both my first playoff game and my first Packers game since I have started creating Packers content. Wow. The last wow, time I attended... Last time I, yeah, last time I attended a Packer game was 2016. It was like right when I started. Like, so even before I was officially part of Acme Packing Company. All right. I have never been to an NFL playoff game. How about you, Paul? Have I you have been to playoff games? I have been to um, several, actually. Um, I have been. Oh, very good. I was at the, we'll take the ball and we're going to score a game. And I was at, yeah. I was at the Snow Globe game. And uh, I was at. You got a thing for Seattle, apparently. I was at the Giants game where uh, John Kuhn fumbled and they lost. Um, it Oof. was it was very cold. Um, I was not at the other Giant game. I think I went to one other playoff game that's escaping me. But yeah, I've been to a couple. The snow <laughs> snow globe game was the best. It, the weather was absolutely perfect. It wasn't even that cold, and it was a Saturday. And you know, going to a playoff game on a Saturday is awesome because you can do all kinds of fun stuff after it ends, not have to go to work the next day. That was perfect. Awesome. Well, I will be putting a, a poll out on Twitter as to what jersey I should bring. Um, I'm leaning to uh, James Jones. Interesting. Well, you know, Weird choice. Will you be wearing a hoodie? Yeah, that's that's why, because I'll be wearing a hoodie underneath okay. it. Um, also, maybe Charles Woodson. I don't know. We'll talk about it. Also, um, if you would like to send us a voice message instead oh, of... Somebody did. Instead of... <laughs> <laughs> but you just go to fartmcduty.xyz oh, and you can send us a voice message <laughs> that, that is true you can do that Matt Matt did a thing that's all I'm going to say about it <laughs> JR looks like he's going to stab me <laughs> which is the goal that Matt was going for so that makes sense incredible yeah really incredible great so really just make sure you visit fartmcduty.xyz just make sure right. you yeah okay are we uh, done we're done i, I have <laughs> yeah i'm writing on um what organizational failure looks like in the nfl about the bears for acme packing company got my shepherd column up go check that out and otherwise uh just enjoy the buy and yes, on our anchor site, you can you can leave us audio feedback. Here's the thing, uh, real, real quick, then we're getting out of here. Um, I get a notification when you leave it, and then I can't find it after that. I don't, I don't know where it is on, on the site. So um, we, got, we got some very nice feedback complimenting all of us um, and uh, telling us a little bit about Toradol and uh, why it is uh, not prescribed in certain circumstances with broken bones. So um, thanks for that. Um, but uh, yeah. That's that. So let's get out of here. Broncos, by the way, before we go, the Broncos oh should hire Joe Judge. And then we would have <laughs> Judge Judy together. The, uh, 100%. <laughs> That's correct. amazing. That's amazing. Yes. Do All it for right. the puns. Do it for do the puns. It, do it for the puns. You guys got to do it. All right. That, that'll that do it for us. Enjoy the not game. Are you feeling nervous? Are you having fun? It's almost over, it's just begun Don't overthink this, look in my eye Don't be scared, don't be shy Come on in, the water's fine We're going to go